Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome in to a brand new episode of Out of Line. Uh, I'm joined uh, by my dad again. Uh, he's going to hop on a little bit to do some NBA playoff stuff. And uh, obviously, the whole all this drama in the MLB with Max Scherzer. Um, obviously, I only really, only really care about the baseball stuff because uh, of how it affects the Mets and all this. Uh, and I, I also want to talk a little bit about the uh, C.J. Stroud news and all of this weird stuff going on in the draft. Obviously, I mean, with the basketball stuff, we're mainly going to be talking about the ejections and the suspensions and the whole basically what seems to be this NBA kangaroo court uh, biased against Draymond Green in this uh, in this uh, certain in this circumstance. Um, so obviously, we have a lot to get into. Oh, also, also, uh, obviously, I for, almost forgot talking about the Knicks and the Cavs and. Uh, uh, the chances that I that uh, that I think that they have against them, and you know, uh, and at the end, I'm doing some picks against the spread with uh, in some of the upcoming NBA games, and of course, another edition of unnecessary wagers. All right, let's get into the show. Where are we at in society today? Come after me! I'm a man. I'm forty. So here we are uh, going to talk about a lot going on right now. Obviously the Knicks uh, dream on green suspension. Uh, I'm talking, bringing my dad on right now. Hello. How are you Hello. doing? Okay. All right. Um, so obviously as you, we all saw uh, the dream on green suspension for the stomp. Um, I'm loving the, uh, I'm loving some of the memes I'm seeing on social media of people like uh, like uh, people of people like stomping on uh on uh, soda cans. <laughs> um, obviously, this whole thing with the NBA right now, uh, this is basically a kangaroo court, an anti-Draymond Green kangaroo court. Uh, if a, I mean, I don't understand why he – I mean, I understand why he was suspended in a sense. But I don't even – it's not even like he should have been ejected for that. Like, I don't even think he was in the wrong in this case. And I don't like Draymond Green at all. Um, but, and I think he's a dirty player, but you know, Sabonis grabbed him first. Um, and when you grab a player by the legs and potentially trying to trip them, I mean, a player can get really injured by that. I can't really get mad at him for then stomping him in the moment 
to get him off of him. I mean, in the, like if any other player did this who didn't have a reputation, there is no way they get suspended for this, like or even ejected most likely. I mean, the the dumbest thing Draymond did was make a big show out of it, which he always does. Um, but he wasn't wrong. I mean, I don't understand what he's expect. How like why when a guy grabs you by the ankles that he's he is punished more harshly for reacting to it. Well, well, I think there's a, there's a couple of things there. Um, number one, supposedly Sabonis was hurt as he was going down. And I guess just you, he, he reached out. I don't know if it was deliberately to grab his ankle as he was running by. Um, and the second part of, I think, why he uh, was thrown out of the game and suspended was Sabonis' reaction to the injury after after being stomped he looked right, like right. pain uh you know on, obviously on the ground and and in agony and see that referees see that and they say hey wait a minute he must have really really stopped him hard and you're right and in, 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 as far as reputation because that was mainly if it was anyone else if steph curry had done that he would not have been out of the game uh but you know, obviously, uh, Green has a reputation for being somewhat of a dirty player. And um, you know what? You, you got, unfortunately, that's the case. And it's his own fault. Um, yeah. It's no one else's fault. And um, uh, once you get two strikes, uh, you know, that third one's very easy to get uh, after they know what to look for. So I think the combination of all those items uh, was the reason uh, for him being thrown out of the game and then the suspension. But, you know, I uh, totally agree. And maybe it's true Sabonis didn't purposely grab his ankles. I, I mean, that, that might be true. I don't know. Um, but you also have to look at it from his point of view and from a reasonable NBA player's point of view, not to sound all you know legalistic about it, but would a reasonable NBA player do something like that? My uh, question is probably. Or something yeah. similar to that? And, and, and the thing is, is that like, and, and you're right. I'm not saying I like Draymond Green, but I, I, I don't. I don't like Draymond Green. But the thing is, is that if, I, I, like, if you, I understand the concept that if you that if you have a reputation and you do something wrong, you get punished more harshly. That's just universally true throughout society. If somebody goes to prison, like if somebody is a criminal and they go. And they do something, and they commit a crime. They get longer. They get a longer sentence usually if they have a track record, as opposed to if you're a first-time offender. Like right. all of that, I agree with. But I don't think that it he should be punished for something that he otherwise wouldn't be punished for if he didn't have a reputation. I think that's a little bit different uh, than than like it, because the thing is, is that remember when he kicked Stephen Adams in the nuts? Uh, <laughs> And he tried to play it off like it was an accident, um, which obviously yeah. it wasn't. I don't think any professional athlete is so uncoordinated that you can accidentally try to kick like that. Um, but he wasn't suspended then. And that was a far more dirty play because at the time he didn't really quite yet have that reputation of being a dirty player. I mean, I think that what they should do is just look at what they did. And it, 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 rather than strictly looking at their reputation, like I said, really do anything wrong or 
real it's something worthy of suspension. I don't think they should be suspended at all, regardless of their reputation. So don't know what was said to him after those those type of plays. They might have said, "Hey, look, we're going to let this pass, but the, you can't be doing this, and next time we're going to be harsher." Right. So that, that's very possible that they said, "Hey, look, you're on a short leash now," and you know, but it, it, and then the other thing too, um, after it happened, he showed no remorse for Sabonis lying lying on the ground in yeah. agony. You're like right he, about that. If he had stepped on him on on accident, right? If he had stepped on him accidentally, he would have, you know, on his knee would have been, you know, you know, trying to console Sabonis being so injured. He just stopped on him, ran away. Yeah. No, no, no. I agree with you. I think he's a jerk. I'm not saying I like, I I like, I don't like defending Draymond Green, but you're right about that. Like, I'm not saying he stopped on him by accident, by the way. I'm not saying that either. You're right, though. You would think that a player would try to, you, you know, would feel bad about that, even right. if they felt they were justified. I mean, most of the time. Seriously hurt. You know, you know, both teams usually go, look, look what happens in NFL games when someone's really hurt. Both teams yeah. go over. This guy, he stomped on him. He's in agony and he runs away. And then he's complaining. Yeah. now. So, you know, yeah. no remorse whatsoever. He's a, he, certainly, he certainly didn't do himself any favors. Oh. Oh, right. So I think you combine all that together. And you understand why he got uh, thrown out. Yeah. And... yeah. Um, all right. So I do want to talk a little bit about the Knicks uh, versus the Cavs, uh, all of this that's going on. Um, okay. The thing is, is that I think that in every sport, the playoffs, the game changes. Um, and it's, partly is that teams change too. I think last year, the Mets went from a really good team to a mediocre team in September. Uh, and, and so sometimes teams change. Um, but I think that of all the sports, I think, in my humble opinion, I think, I mean, at least of baseball, basketball, and football, I don't know enough about hockey to be completely honest, but in the three major sports, I would say, I think basketball come playoff time changes the most, I think. I think that there are teams that are built for the regular season that are not built for the playoffs. Um, not not very often, but it does happen. Uh, case in point, the 2014 Hawks. Um and I think, like, I think that in football, teams teams tend to change, and the game changes gradually throughout throughout the season. Uh, in baseball, uh, players and teams, you know, get hot. Like pitchers get hot at the right times, and uh, teams t- like uh, the Giants very often get hot at the right time, and teams like the Mets, for instance, got, get cold at the right time. But I think in basketball, the game itself changes the most come playoff time. I think that uh, the game is more physical. The refs tend to let you play a little bit more. Um, everybody seems to care more. Uh, in the NBA, like in the regular season, I don't think, like a lot of times teams on the road, uh, they just, they're not really willing to put in the effort that they're willing to put in the playoffs. And I think that home court advantage matters a lot more in in the playoffs than it does in the regular season. Um, So I I would say taking all of that into account, the fact that the Knicks were able to steal a game on the road and now have home court advantage for the, for the series, I didn't expect them to win it, but now I think they at least should. Um, I don't really care that much that they lost the second game. They already won a game. They were, they weren't supposed to win anyway, which gives them a huge advantage in this series. Um, they're only favored by actually two points at home in the next game. You also have to remember 
They were one and one on the road at Cleveland with quickly and um and Barrett playing terribly. So if they can at least play somewhat decently, the Cavs really are behind the eight ball. Yeah. Well, first, your point about the playoffs, I think it, it really comes that you're, you're right. The game is di- is much different than it is in a regular season. Number one, players don't rest. You know, you have the best players in there at all times, as long as not hurt. Um, and each possession is more important. But I think the major thing that you have uh, in playoffs that you do not have in, in regular season is more intense defense. Because defense, let's face it, 90, 95% of defense is effort, you know, for the most part, you know. Uh, so you, you don't have that. In the regular season, pe- players take deep, uh, take possessions off on defense. Um, there's no doubt about that. Especially but, the stars. Right. The playoffs, every game matters. Every possession matters. And you see a lot tougher defense because players are trying harder. It's simple as that, effort. So um, that's why I think there's a difference between the regular season and and it's, like you mentioned before, more physical referees would 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 let you get away with a lot more. And that's one of the reasons um, the Knicks of the of the 90s, the mid mid and late 90s, were so good in the playoffs. Except they couldn't beat the bull, the Bulls, but they were so good in the playoffs because they were such a physical team and they were able to get away with a lot of things they couldn't get away with in the regular um, in the regular season. You know, get, yeah. Getting back to the Knicks, um, you're right. Whenever you're in a playoff series, um, your idea is to split on the road and win your games at home, right? That's pretty much what you want to do. Um, I think the Cavs were embarrassed by that first game, and I think it was all about the Cavs, you know, pretty much with backs to the wall against the Knicks, who said, all right, we we did what we needed to do. And they kind of – I don't know if they had the best effort, but I think you could see the increased play of the Cavs' defense – that smothered the Knicks, that they didn't have that game won. Well, uh, difference there. Well, I, I think you're partly right. I mean, like, I, I don't think that the Knicks necessarily went into the game not trying to win. I think they, they would want double the advantage by winning two games on the road. Um, but I do think that more, like, toward, more in, like, the third and fourth quarter, when they knew they probably weren't going to win, I think the effort kind of went down a little bit. Um, and, and I felt it watching the game. Uh, I mean, I, I think that they kept the players in too long. I think they kept Randall in way too long. Um, and like I said, I mean, the Knicks haven't really been like all the players haven't really been very good in this series, and they uh, still have the advantage. Two, yeah, it's two games. The key is, I think this this game three is is a key game uh, because you, you you lose all your momentum if you if you lose this game now. All of a sudden, now you lose the home home court advantage. Things start going the other way. Um, I, I think the Knicks, the fact that the longer the series goes, it's better for the Knicks because Randall is getting better. I think he's a key player, and he's coming off the ankle injury. Every game that he plays, he's going to get, he's going to, I would think, get better, um, heal better. So um, that has to help. And then the home home court advantage, that's the key uh, right now. So what they have to do is answer the Cavs game two with. Cavs put all that extra effort in. Now the Knicks have to follow it up and do what – the Cavs did to them, right back to them. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, b- basically. And also, you know, it, it, like I said, if Quickly and uh, Barrett do anything at all, I mean, in, in the first in the first game, Quickly went zero for five, yeah, and scored three points. <laughs> like it was he and uh, Barrett went two for twelve and scored seven points. I mean, 
that one of those players alone should be combining for more points than that. I, I, I mean, what well, should be uh, should be scoring more points on his own than those two combined. Um, so I guess we'll see how it goes. Um, I'm not sure what the odds are for the series. I tried looking for it, but you can't always find it. Um, but yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Knicks are a little bit favored to win the series now. Uh, I would say it's really close. Uh, it's a, probably a pick 'em. Look, just look at the the spread. The spread's only two points. Yeah, it's only two points at home. And by so the way, the Cavs are not a good road team. I'm telling you, the Cavs are a better team, uh, just by that statement. Um, so, you know, I, if if you say that the Knicks are going to be favored by two points each of these two games, there's a really good chance that the Cavs can get one of them. So it, w- it would be. Um, if the Knicks can get these two games at the Garden, then they're in great position, and I, I would consider them a, a huge favorite. If they, if they split, the things things turn, and now Cleveland's favorite. Yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, I do want to get into some of this. Um, I do want to get into some of this uh, Sixers Nets drama, uh, the rivalry game. Uh, so basically, there was three. Nick Claxton got two technical fouls and got ejected. Uh, James Harden got ejected for a shot for a kick in the nuts. Uh, Joel Embiid kicked, uh, kicked Nick Claxton in the nuts after, uh, after he dunked on him and stepped over him. Uh, and he didn't get ejected somehow. Uh, I don't know why. I I don't know how, first of all, it feels like all these nut shots in NBA playoff games, it sounds like something that would happen in like high school games or middle school games. And this will somehow become like a theme in NBA games. I mean, it's too bad you can't bet on an over-under for nut shots. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which just goes to show you this whole NBA kangaroo court thing that Joel Embiid, I don't, I could be wrong. I don't think Harden got suspended for this. I think he just got thrown out of the game, right? He just got thrown out of the game. I mean, that is absolutely worthy of a suspension. It was very clearly a purposeful shot. And and B, I mean, they both should be kicked out. They both should have been ejected and suspended. Because I don't think any of these types of cheap shots, you always like, like they the NBA should set a precedent that with these cheap shots, it should all be it like it should be an automatic flagrant two and a suspension. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's unfortunate. It seems to be very inconsistent the way they're punishing people. But the only thing I guess I would say is Draymond Green has been the biggest offender over the years, and they probably gave him a stiff warning beforehand. Next infraction, you're going to get suspended, and they went through with it. Fair enough. But they should do that with everybody. Like, I oh. don't think that you should have to develop a reputation before you get suspended for what's clearly a cheap shot. I think w- they- Would it fly in the NFL if that happened? I don't think it would. No, I, I think there should be a more clarity to let people know, hey, just because it's a playoff game doesn't mean you can't get suspended. I think they're very wary about throwing players out and also suspending players in playoffs because it can cost them the whole season. It could cost them the whole season. It's also bad for the product. Like, it, it's just a fact that it's not good for the NBA if Harden and Embiid are both suspended. That's, and they know that. They're very careful about doing that. Um, so, but they have to be more consistent the way they discipline some of these players. Yeah. For sure. Uh, yeah. I, I think it's a joke. Um, so I do want to, uh, I do want to talk. And also it's like Claxton got, uh, got ejected for yeah. two flagrant fouls. I mean, for, for two technical fouls because he yeah. stepped over Embiid. Uh, it, it, I mean, I mean, the worst thing he did was like taunt Embiid. 
But, you know, if Embiid kicks him in the nuts, that's just oh. totally okay. Um, uh, I, I do need to talk a little bit about this. Um, I, I don't love regular season baseball because I think it's very boring at times. But this is a huge story. This is drama. Uh, I think regular season baseball needs a lot of drama. Uh, so Scherzer has caught himself in a sticky situation. He's allegedly going to be, he's apparently going to be suspended for 10 games. He's not going to appeal it because he doesn't think he can win. And frankly, he is right. There's no way he can win. There has been about two years ago, there was a crusade against sticky stuff on the hands of pitchers. Um, it's nothing new. Um, there's been a lot of that happening with, uh, remember Michael Pineda was caught two starts in a row, uh, about nine years ago. And, 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 uh, you know, Garrett Cole was known for it. And it's not the first time that Scherzer has been hassled for this. Um, I don't, what I don't understand, though, is, I mean, first of all, what he allegedly was using, or at least what he says he was using, was Rosen. So the thing is, all sticky substances are not necessarily illegal for pitchers to use. You can put Rosen on your hand. Rosin. 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 Is, that's how it's pronounced? Rosin? Rosin. You can put Rosin on your hand. Um and, you know, that's totally legal. And if what Scherzer is saying is correct, if he if like what he's saying is true, why should he be suspended for that? If something else happened, there was a former pitcher on the Mets two years ago. What was his name? Uh, uh, I think it was uh, Hansel. I think it was Robles. Hansel who Robles. was on the Angels. I, I could be wrong. I think it was Robles who was on the Angels at the time. And he was allegedly caught with a sticky substance. The problem I have is with all of these, with what the umpires are doing is, do umpires know what the sticky substance supposedly is? Because can you tell with your eyes and feeling it with your hands if a substance is illegal or not? I mean, unless you're specially trained or have a microscope or in a lab or something, how would an, how is an umpire going to know if a substance is illegal? Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Unless it's applied in the in a way that they know it can't be legal how are, how are the umpires really going to know that so they're just looking with their eyes to try to be able to tell if a substance is legal and another thing is did the dodgers really i i'm not that it's really that important but did the dodgers say something to the umpires considering he was on them he he's a former dodger could they have been saying something to the umpires i don't know but this whole thing is madness well, that was from one of the points I was going to bring up. They said the Dodgers probably know what he was doing. And they said, you know, when we play him, uh, although they didn't do it last year, uh, we're going to try and call him on it. Um, plus, I think there was some issues with this umpire. Apparently, this umpire's had problems with certain pitchers before. So um, you throw that into the mix as well. Um, but if Scherzer is not even uh, going to appeal, Maybe, you know, is is there some admission of guilt on his part with that no, too? No, I don't think so. Okay. So I, I'd say no, because I think that he knows he's not going to win the appeal. If you know you're not going to win the appeal, I don't think that's admission of guilt. Anytime, I think it's just knowing he's not going to win the appeal. Just by in the, uh, an appeal, you know, they'll – just by appealing, sometimes they'll cut it cut it down somewhat. But he's just, only suspended two one start effectively. Well, is it two, 10 day, ten games? Isn't that 10 two games? But I think it's only one start. It's only one start. So it was, it's not even he, really that much of a suspension. Plus the game he got thrown out of. So it's almost like he lost two games there. Yeah. Uh, but you can't 
undo that one. No, that you can't do uh, undo. But um, look, look. The bottom line is it's such a, a long season, and frankly, it doesn't hurt for both uh, for the for the some of these Mets pitchers uh, uh, to to take some time off. So Terzi gets two more days off, two more start uh, start off, or two more starts off. It's Who not cares? the end of the world. And look, the Mets are doing well right now. They haven't really. Uh, uh, they're not suffering from the injuries uh, so far. Um, so, and their pitching staff is pretty deep, um, as it looks like it is. So, you know what? It, it just, who cares at this but point? But the thing is, though, what happens? I, I mean, you're right. Like, considering it's in April, like, April baseball usually isn't a huge deal right. anyway. But, but what if this were to happen in September? Well, you know, and I think. Not just with the Mets, any team. I mean, it could be a total disaster if that were to happen. And it's just weird to me how it's bizarre to me how the how the MLB is so like are, are, are such tyrants with the with the sticky stuff for pitchers. But like when it came to the Astros cheating in 2017, well, like they, they did a whole lot of nothing with that. And it's like, oh, with the sticky stuff, we're, we're going to go crazy with this. But I think they've since that point, I think they're they've trying to crack down. Because uh, aren't they check since, since is it 2020 21 they started checking the pitchers when they were 2021 it was two years ago so and Scherzer's yeah. been hassled about it a bunch of times yeah yeah but, so but like the thing is though it's like apparently he like he changed his glove and also it was applied to apparently it was applied to his left hand so he's not even throwing with that hand yeah but if you apply even if it's applied to your left hand you can. You know, there's ways you can right, right. You take pitchers take their gloves off yeah. sometimes and rub it, but yeah. Uh, bottom line is maybe he should cool it a little bit with that. Now <laughs> he got caught, and let's let's move on. But yeah, but, but like my point is though, it's like we don't even know if he did anything against the rules. Yeah, you know, I, I, I unfortunately I find it hard to believe that he would have taken if he didn't do anything wrong. I think he would appeal. That's I don't my think opinion. so. I, by the way, I don't agree. I don't think that. I think it's totally plausible that he wouldn't appeal if he now. If I were in that position, probably I would appeal. But I understand why you wouldn't if he knew he wasn't gonna. If he knew that he wasn't gonna get. Uh, if he knew that he wasn't gonna win the appeal. What's the harm in appealing? At least your pro. An appeal is like a protest. You say. Look, I don't agree with what you did. I'm appealing. If I lose, I lose. But at least I know I appealed. Um, when you when you don't appeal, then you know people. And I'm not saying it's an admission of guilt, but it could be perceived that way. That's that that is not true. He uh, Rosen is not banned. It is it is allowed. Rosen, sorry, I, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Rosen is not banned uh, per the rules. They are allowed to under certain circumstances. They're they're allowed to use it. But it, there's like some caveat. It's like, but they like it's legal, but there's some caveats to it. Yeah. Uh, let me look it up for a second. So, but it's like it's like pitchers aren't allowed to blow on their hands unless it's a cold. But there there are certain conditions where you can use rosin, uh, where you can use other things, and not. It, it gets complicated, and I think it's a whole between the umpire being sort of uh, have a history with being tough on pitchers this way, um, and insurers are. Used to play for the Dodgers. There's a lot of you know moving parts here. So okay, so uh, so I'm reading it right now. 
Rosen is allowed. Rosen. <laughs> how many times am I going to say Rosen? Rosen is the only sticky substance allowed in the MLB. Um, in a memo sent out to MLB teams and umpires in 2022, the league said that in light of the crackdown on sticky substances, pitchers are allowed to use the rosin bag on their hands, wrists, and forearms. However, they are prohibited from applying it to their gloves and uniforms, nor are they allowed to combine r- rosin with any other substance such as sunscreen. Yeah. So I, it's I, not exactly a black and white. Yeah. yeah I, obviously, the umpires felt it was serious enough. Uh, you throw everything into the mix. It's a big who cares now at this point. You're right yeah. that it happened, but I think I think pitchers would be more careful later in the season. They don't want to get suspended, and I think umpires would probably have uh, would give them some more rope. Uh, at that that's point. probably true. Um, although it wouldn't surprise me if there was some umpire who went on some power trip who was like, "I want to suspend this play." Who wanted to just be that guy. It wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, that that doesn't sound exactly outside of the realm of possibility. Right, right. But we'll we'll see. Early in the season. Okay. You see, this is what happens when we when we let when we let Braves fans uh, in the more, comments. <laughs> right. Um, okay. So I do want to uh, I do want to talk a little bit about the Stroud stuff. Apparently, the Texans are not interested in CJ Stroud because he has the same agent as Deshaun Watson. Mm, That is a little bit odd because I'm sure they deal with the same agents all the time. I mean, if you're, it's weird to me that they would actually feel that way (laughs) because like, I don't know, don't they deal with the same agents all the time? It just doesn't make any sense. The experience they had with Deshaun Watson was very bad. Um, And they just, (laughs) the problem is what if, there are other players that this guy represents that would help the team. You don't want to eliminate players because they use a certain agent. But I mean, like I read something and it said over his relationship with Deshaun Watson, but I mean, he doesn't have a relationship with Deshaun Watson. He's just represented by the same agent. I mean, that, that gets, that's hardly a connection. Texans have been a very weird organization. They, they don't make any sense. They, they made a lot of bad hirings, bad GMs, uh, they made terrible trades. Uh, yeah, they're just know, a clown show. Trade and, and it's just seen. And then you know, it, it's just a lot of bad decisions on that part. So it's really a bad, really poorly run organization. So anything they do doesn't surprise me. But they're probably not that interested in Stroud anyway. You know, they probably I'm sure. I, by the way, I think Stroud is the best player in the draft. At the same time, I think this is a very weak draft class for quarterbacks. Yeah, but there's still the first round. You're going to see in the top ten, probably you know three or four at least quarterbacks going, um, which is good for the Jets because the Jets aren't picking a quarterback. Thank God this year. And yeah, I mean the thing is, I always thought Stroud. I mean, he might drop to five. Yeah, it, it really because... depends who needs the quarterback and if someone's going to trade up to get him. I, I do think that Bryce Young's going to be the number one pick. Um, although there's some talk yeah. that. He might not. Uh, he he'll you know, he's slightly built, and will can he stand up? You know, it's sort of like you, two- you know what you hear all the stuff all the time about. Like, remember when Johnny Manziel was drafted? There was so much debate over whether he was five eleven or six feet. Right, right. And, yeah. and by the way, I think the height thing that makes no sense with quarterbacks because if anything, it should be eye level because that's yeah. the most important thing, not actual height. Because you could just have a big forehead and be like six <laughs> two, <laughs> like. Yeah, 
Yeah, but if you you don't remember Doug Flutie, but Doug Flutie was the biggest classic example of the height thing, where he was probably one of the better quarterbacks around, but everybody, you know, people, NFL GMs did not even consider him because they felt he couldn't look over the lineman. He couldn't see over the lineman, but he had so many other attributes that offset that, um, that, you know, he never got a chance to play really in his prime in the NFL. He played in the Canadian League when in his prime. And then when he came back later in, in his career, he still was pretty good. Uh, even though he was later in his career, he still was able to to uh, run an offense. And you know, he played you know for the for the Bears, the Bills, um, uh, played for a number of teams, the Patriots, so many teams he played for. Uh, but if he had played in his prime in the NFL, he could have been a you know, you know he was a real difference maker for teams. Well, the thing is, you know what team I, I thought could really, uh, it, like I said, if you were to drop the five, I could see uh, Stroud being good on a team like the Seahawks. Yeah. Because, I, I, like, they, they're they a good quarterback team, uh, and they run similar to, like, a college-style system. And look what they were able to get out of out of Geno. Yeah, yeah. And and you put you put somebody like him in with Seattle, I agree with you, Seattle – would be a good fit for him. I I I don't know where Seattle's drafting. Where's Seattle drafting this year? Uh, they're five. So is that so a spot a possible landing spot for Stroud, Seattle? Um, yeah, I think it's possible. I mean, it's unlikely, but it's certainly possible if he falls. They're unlikely they'll take him. You think it's unlikely? Uh, no, no. Do you think? It's oh, unlikely? if he is there, if he is there, I think they might take him. Yeah. Or they, you know, they'll pass on. I don't think, I don't think that they would pass. I, I don't know. I mean, if I were them, I think it would be a really bad idea if they pass on him. But, yeah. I mean, because, I mean, unless you think Geno Smith is like the future of your team, which obviously he isn't. Uh, not, it, it, you know, I think it, with with what happened with Seattle was they made a great trade trading Russell Wilson. They got a ton of draft picks. They're building for the future. They, 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 within another couple of years, they could be very good again. And they're not paying anything for the quarterback. And he was good for this. They knew they weren't going to compete for a Super Bowl this year. And Geno Smith, he played well enough to, you know, be a decent team. But he played well enough to be for them to be an okay team that barely snuck into the playoffs. And they paying him like thirty million. They're paying him an insane amount of money for like. For when that's like the best case scenario they could get him. I mean, it's yeah. not like it, it's not like they're paying for a franchise quarterback. I mean, they could easily do better. Uh, so I, I didn't think it was worth the money. Uh, thoughts on where Anthony Richardson goes? Um, I don't know. Honestly, I haven't really thought. I, I don't know. I mean, he <laughs> could go really high, and a lot of teams apparently like him. Um, I don't think he's going to be good in the NFL. Kind of. I'm not even joking because his name is Anthony Richardson. I, it sounds like the name of a bad quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I think there's some good team. I I think the Colts could be interested in him. Uh, I think maybe, he actually does have NFL in terms of the style of play. A lot of teams like him. Maybe the Texans. Maybe the who knows Seattle. Right? There's a lot of teams. The, the, I think either you like Anthony Richardson a lot, you think he's be a great player, or you think he may be. So I think it's one or the other with him. But I think there are a number of teams that think he's he could be a top five quarterback. Yeah, I, I think he I think he certainly could. Um I, I think a lot of it depends on uh you know what team takes him. I, I mean there are some teams that are just graveyards for for NFL quarterbacks. Yeah. It, it's 
I tell you, it's so hard to pick these quarterbacks. Um, you look at the the best draft to look at quarterbacks was uh, the the Josh Allen Mayfield. That was uh, a great draft, but there were still a bunch of busts that also I, Darnold and Rosen and Mayfield. Look, I mean, then successes, right? Right. Um, yeah. You know, at the top of the draft, I guess Mayfield's a bust, right? Um, Darnold was a bust. Um, Although, to be completely honest, I don't think people real. I don't think Mayfield would have gone one, would have gone first for any team other than the Browns. I don't think he was expected to be that good. Well, that, if you remember, Darnold was the number one the consensus number one pick. Yeah, and, and the Jets thought they had a steal, but meanwhile, he's a bust too. One of the and, biggest. Yeah. Arizona, uh, I don't know. I don't think I think he just wasn't that good. Uh, Rosen. Rosen. I mean, the thing is, Rosen is one of the biggest busts of my lifetime. Yeah, yeah, he was terrible. And plus, you know, he was a 10th pick. He kept dropping. And um, he also talked a lot of shit. Who, who went after Rosen? It's some, it, there was another good quarterback that went after Rosen. Uh, was it Watson? Who went after uh, Rosen that draft? Um, Was he picked before Allen? I could be wrong. No, no, no. Allen was like seven or eight. Oh, okay, Allen was before Rosen. Um, Lamar Jackson was picked after, well after him. Jackson, yeah. So, uh, yeah, out of those players, you know, I think you had more bust than than uh, than uh, winners in that in that draft. And that was a strong was draft, supposedly. And, but those were better quarterbacks than I think coming out this year. Oh, without question, without question. Um, I mean, the thing is, the Panthers. Here's the thing with the Panthers and Stroud. And I looked at the odds. It's like Bryce Young is like minus 1,400 to go number one, uh, yeah. which is very, very, uh, like almost a lock. Um, RG3, Ryan. Okay. I mean, yeah, I said one of. I, <laughs> I don't think RG3 was that big of a bust, but. No, I, I would. He just got hurt. You always think of bust. You think of you know, Ryan Leaf. I think one. of Ryan Leaf, Jamarcus Russell, now Mark Zach Wilson, Sam Darnold. But um, Rosen is right. I mean, Rosen was pretty bad. Yeah. In the NFL. Yeah. yeah. There, there are like Tim Couch. Well, Tim Couch, you know, this is going back farther, though. That's a little uh, before my time, Tim Couch. You know, but in recent times, um, you know, Ryan Leaf, Russell, those are the biggest. Because they are number one, number two. And maybe we'll be saying uh, uh, Wilson will be also the, one of the biggest busts ever. Um, I hope not. But at this point. He's on track. You know, yeah. His number um, pick in the draft, and he barely played, I don't know, eight games. Yeah. Um, so I do want to get into some of this. Uh, I mean, we have another week, so it's – so yeah, no, sorry, another six days until the NFL draft. Uh, so I do want to just get into some picks. Cavs at Knicks, minus one and a half. I actually tend to be pessimistic about the Knicks and my teams in general, but I like the Knicks minus one and a half. Uh, it's not a big spread. They're at home. They should be able to win this. Uh, if you know, I, I think they just have to be smart. Uh, and I am, I'm a little nervous, but my one and a half points is not too much. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I think if you told me that the Knicks are going to win one out of the two at the Garden, I, I, I think this is the game they win because they have to answer for this game two loss. You know. So yeah. I think pendulum back and forth back and forth so i think if they win this game game three i think game four is harder to win because now the Cavs really have their back against the wall right so um 
I, I, out of the two games, I, can, I would bet this game uh, more the Nick on the Knicks than uh, game four. Um, to answer this question, the Islanders, um, or at least that's me. Uh, <laughs> that, that's who I'm rooting for. Um, so I haven't really watched much of it. Uh, oh, the series. The, Car- the Stanley, the Stanley right. Cup playoffs. Right, Carolina Islanders that we're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Islanders are uh, – I heard Carolina, there are a lot of players in that team that not not well-liked and I've just heard you know, red things and things like that. And plus, you're always rooting for the eighth seed to beat the one seed, right? Always. You never – unless you're well, – unless, unless it's your team. Unless it's your team. But um, and the Islanders kind of got screwed. Uh, bad call there after game two. Yes, yes. So, uh, but you know what? The Islanders have some. They have a new their new arena. Have I think this is the first playoff game right in their new arena? Yeah. UBS. So it's exciting for them just to make the playoffs. I hope they can win a game or two. They win two games, it'd be great. Yeah, uh, at, at least even up the series. Yeah. But I just hope they hope they don't get swept. No, I I don't. I think they could pull off a win or two. Uh, I don't know, but we'll see. I think hockey is not as great as in other sports. Right, right. Um, so Nuggets at Timberwolves. Timberwolves are getting two points. Um, Jokic is not playing, or or is it doubtful at least? Uh, they're playing tonight. Um, I like Minnesota to uh, plus two points, uh, mainly because of Jokic not playing. Yeah, I, I I'd have to agree on that. It'd be, it'd, First home, t- I like the home team getting points. Play on the other team, not there. Um, I also like the over, by the way. I think that I do like 222 points. Some of these games have been very high scoring. No, no, no. Especially opinion. on the West. <laughs> no opinion over. I know. It's not over unders in basketball. It, when, when you bet over unders in basketball, you're just doing math in your head the whole time. Yeah. And also, things can change very quickly. You think you got an under, and you know, all of a sudden, it starts going points. Or God forbid, they go to overtime. That changes it. So, yeah. yeah. No. Well, well, I always root for overtime when I have the over. Um, okay, so Sixers at Nets plus six. Um, the thing is, I think I really I, I like the Sixers here. I think yeah. I feel like the Sixers are a better team. Uh, even I think both teams are going to be really pumped up to try to win this, but Sixers minus six. I I really I think the Nets are getting swept. Yeah, it doesn't look good. Um, I think the Nets game two was a key game for the Nets. They were winning that game for a lot of that game. They were winning, and then they just fell apart at the end. And it was a close game, and then they got blown yeah. out. And that seemed to take the, the wind out of them and then have it getting kicked around in game three wasn't any good either. So it all, yeah, and it really depends how much pride they have. They really have the pride and and they said, look, we're not getting swept. I don't care what we're going to do. And if the Sixers kind of take their gas off, their foot off the pedal a little bit, the Nets maybe can win. But I don't see this game, this series going more than five. If the yeah, Nets maybe have- a gentleman sweep. Um. All right, so Grizzlies at Lakers minus four. John Morant still isn't playing, so I got to take the Lakers minus four. They're at home. I like the Lakers and the over in this uh, game because the Lakers, when the Lakers win, I know this sounds kind of circular, but the Lakers tend to win more high-scoring games. So if the Lakers end up covering four points, I think it would probably go over. Yeah, well, look, I can't. I have no opinion the over, but I do like the Lakers. I think they seem to be playing better now in the playoffs than they did in the regular season. And Memphis is missing their best player, so that's that's even if 
even if Morant were playing, I'd still think the Lakers win the series. Well, it might be different, but uh, oh, this the Lakers have been good within the past couple of months. Yeah, they've gotten they've definitely playing a lot better. Uh, and again, it comes down to that effort thing. It seems they have more effort from that from their part. All right, so Suns at Clippers plus six. Um, I really uh, a lot of uh, I like the Suns. Uh, this is probably going to be an over game. I think the lowest scoring game in this series was 225 points which i think was the only game that went under uh and it went under by half a point uh so i really do like the do like the suns Kawhi leonard is not playing uh even though they're on the road i think the suns win should cover six points i got a sneaky suspicion the clippers are going to keep this game close uh, i know it's hard to predict uh the close games, uh, but I think this will be close. And unfortunately, in basketball, you can have a close game to the last two minutes, and then the next thing you know, it's a two-point game, and then it's a ten-point game. Yeah, that. But I, I got a sneaky suspicion the Clippers are going to keep this game close. All right, uh, we'll see. Uh, I still, I, I still think uh, it, the, the Suns, and just in general, I think the Suns are a much better team. Uh, so I do want to get into my unnecessary wager, uh, which will probably not hit, but you know. Um, okay, so here's. The first part of it. Hold on. All right. So I like the Nick. I have the Knicks minus two, Sixers minus five and a half. The over in the Timberwolves Nuggets game. Uh, the Timberwolves plus two. Uh, and on top of that, uh, the on top of that, the uh, Suns money line. Uh, uh, Lakers minus four, and the over in the Warriors Kings game. I, we didn't we, we didn't talk about that one, but I could see that being an over over two hundred over two hundred thirty eight. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't talk about that game because it'd be interesting to see how the Warriors come back at home from that game uh, after Green being suspended, and it should be very interesting. That that that's the most interesting. Game I think the Sun. I think the Warriors have a good shot to win this, but I'm not going to lie. I think this might be the first time in my lifetime. Or at least not in my lifetime, but in my time of watching sports, that the Kings have been such a relevant team. Yeah, yeah, they were good in the nineties uh, or two thousand, early two thousands. But um, uh, a very interesting game. I, I agree. I think the Warriors are going to win this game tonight. Uh, yeah, I think the crowd is going to be really into it, um, and um, I, I think they want some revenge. Actually, the spread is very big. Golden State's giving seven and a half. Well, that's they're telling you something right there. Yeah, tell, I feel like they're begging you to take the Kings. They want you to take the Kings. I think Golden State wins this game by at least ten. Yeah, I, I, I have that suspicion too. All right, thanks for coming on. Thanks for watching and listening, everybody. Um, I'll be back next week probably. Um, draft, yeah. No, all right, so uh, yeah, something do some stuff about the draft. Uh, all right, so good luck with, if you're betting. Good luck with your bets, everybody, and thanks for watching or listening.